right, so it's a well-known custom amongst the Jewish people that when we drink alcohol, we say l'chaim, to life. Why do we do that? Why do we say l'chaim when we drink alcohol? Not when we drink orange juice or coffee or anything else. And why l'chaim? Why to life? So the reason is because the very first instance of alcohol consumption that is found in our history, in the Torah, was very negative. Uh, It was the story of Noah, um, the parasha that we read this week, where after the flood, after surviving the flood, Noah, the righteous man who survived, planted a vineyard, made wine, drank, and got drunk. And in his drunkenness, he was assaulted by one of his sons. It was bad news. So the very first instance of alcohol consumption in the Torah is a negative one, uh, showing the pitfalls, possible pitfalls of over-drinking. And for that reason, when we drink, we say l'chaim, it should be for life, it should be for good, for blessing, we should only be drinking positively, in moderation, in a holy state, and, and for only good things. So with this in mind, the following story that happened uh, to somebody who got drunk. And we know that when, when people do overdrink, accidents happen, bad things happen. So this was a young man in Israel, he was visiting Israel, he was from America, um, he was studying in yeshiva there. And it was poor time, uh, time when people do drink a bit. He, he was not used to drinking. He drank too much. And he, uh, in the midst of his Purim party, after drinking too much, maybe on an empty stomach, mixing drinks, who knows what he did, he felt a bit dizzy, went outside, and passed out on the footpath. He was found there by a friend who saw him completely unconscious, tried to, to wake him up, look after him, so he was completely, completely out of it. So this friend, concerned about, about his uh, inebriated partner, called an ambulance. Uh, and the ambulance came, picked him up, took him to the emergency room, and treated him there. The next thing he knew, it was the next morning, he woke up, and he saw himself in the emergency room. He had no idea how he got there uh, and, and, and what he was doing there. He had vague memories of being at a Purim party. The next thing he remembers, he, he sees he's in the emergency room. And so the, the staff, they say that he's fine. They've been monitoring him. He's, he's totally fine. He looks like now he's, he's feeling a bit better. And uh, his friend comes to visit him, uh, who's dropped him off there and, and, and sees that he's, that he's come to and he's okay. And the hospital says, okay, you're discharged, but you need to pay a bill. What bill? Well, there's a $350 charge for the ambulance, and there's a $800 charge for being overnight in the hospital, in the emergency room, the treatment. This is what? I need to pay this? This is okay, you need to pay. This is, but I, I didn't come to the hospital. I was brought here against my will. I mean, I had something to drink. I, they could have left me in where I was. Like, I didn't, I didn't choose to come here. The friend, you decided to, to take me to hospital. You should pay. I, should, I don't have to pay. Why should I pay when I was taken here against my will? It was unnecessary. I just needed to sleep. I, I feel fine. They didn't actually do anything for me. So why should I pay the, the, the bill for the ambulance and for the night in hospital? You pay it. Uh, problem here was as well because he was... Uh, uh, an American in Israel, he didn't have local insurance, and so the, the, nothing was covered, it would ha- all have to be paid. He was not interested in paying. His friend says, but I, 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 it was for you, or you you're the one who, was, who passed out, I was looking after you, I should pay for this? 
said, yeah, you should. Who should? Who's right? Do you have to pay for saving somebody else, for, for intervening to help somebody else against their will, without their permission? Do you have to pay for that? Or do we say that, no, it was for their sake, and so therefore they have to pay themselves? This is, this is the dilemma. Anyone want to chime in on that? I think one, one, one thing here is it was unknown whether he was going to be okay or not okay. So what would happen in a situation where the guy that saw him passed out says, okay, well, I'm, uh, it, this could cost me money, so I'm not going to call the ambulance. I'm not going to have him checked. And he passes away in his sleep or whatever. Then what? Right. That, that, would, that would be terrible. But, but the question is, when, when you're intervening without the person's consent, they haven't agreed to it, are you taking that responsibility on yourself or not? Is, 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 would, would we say, of course the person would want to pay for, for saving their life? Or do we say, well, hang on a minute, you're saying saving his life. He was drunk, he was passed out. Leave him there, he'll be fine in a few hours. So we're touching on, on saving lives here. We, you know, there's, a, there's a risk to a life, maybe, we don't know. Uh, so certainly intervening is the right thing. But the question is, do I then have to pay for that intervention? Am I taking that responsibility? And if so, why or why not? What would be the reasoning behind me having to pay or not having to pay? So a, a similar case was dealt with by the Rosh, Rabbeinu Asher. He was a middle, in the Middle Ages in Germany, um, a, a great halachic authority known as the Rosh, Rabbeinu Asher. And so he was asked a, a similar question. The, the, the case was this. There was a certain person who had, had fallen ill and some of his associates had intervened and paid his, uh, uh, sent him to, to medical uh, um, institutions to try and help him out to this person. And they had, they had forwarded, forwarded out the bill. They paid for him, um, but they wanted to be paid back. Uh, unfortunately, the guy passed away and he, was, he had a condition where he would go in and out of consciousness or in and out of awareness. He wasn't always, always aware of what was going on. So that's why... Other people, friends of his, intervened to try and help him out. But they had, to, they had to fork out money for him. But now, after he passed away, they thought that from his estate, they should be able to claim from his estate to be paid back for what they'd laid out for his medical bills. That was the question being, being asked. Um, whereas the, the heirs were not so excited about money being taken from their inheritance to pay for things that they weren't involved in and they didn't ask for. So the Rush, when he was asked this question, he responded the following. He said that those who helped should not lose out for money that they, that they um, forked out to help this person, even though he did not ask them to help him. He, he was not in a, a state, the, 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 the patient himself was not in a state to be aware of what was going on. But even though he didn't ask for it, he, uh, his estate should pay for it. Why? Because it's well known that when a person becomes sick, God forbid, and is not able to help themselves, so those around have to do whatever they can to help that person. That, that's that's just, just decency. And certainly, uh, a person like this, who his sickness was such that he went in and out of awareness of consciousness 
Um, he wasn't always of, of clear and sound mind, so he couldn't look after himself. So you couldn't leave it up to him to make decisions or to, or to look after himself. He, he wasn't always thinking clearly. And so therefore, those around him have the obligation to intervene and to look after him. In fact, not just those around him, but anyone, not just those close to him or friends or family, anybody who sees somebody in distress, in pain, at risk, has an obligation to intervene and to try and bring healing and health and, and, and save lives. This is from a Torah commandment that says that you should not stand idly by the blood of your brother. When you see somebody um, who's at risk, you can't just walk by and say, it's not my business or, or I'm not, they're not asking me to help them, so I'm not helping them. You have to intervene, even if, if you're not asked. And so therefore, they shouldn't lose from, doing, from fulfilling this obligation. They should be paid back. And he says why in interesting words. He says, nefesh, who that this is saving a life. And anyone who is more is quicker, who's more who's more um uh, zariz, uh who does it with most more alacrity, more urgency. The quicker you are, the more urgently you act in the case of saving lives, the better. Okay. Now Let's, let's analyze those words. He, he brings in the reason here why the, the, the people should not lose out for helping out someone even though they didn't ask. They, they, they should be paid back is because they're saving a life and the better, the quicker you act in saving a life, the better. What does he mean by those words? So I think what he's referring to is a principle in Jewish law that we know saving lives is paramount. And we do everything we can to make the saving of the life uh, more likely to happen. We do not want to put barriers up, difficulties up for somebody to save a life. And so therefore we find that the sages went to great lengths to ensure that the people should not hesitate in a case of saving a life. An interesting example is this. The Ramba Maimonides writes that in a case where, let's say, um, somebody is, their life is in danger, the only way to save them would be to damage somebody else's property. So, for example, somebody is, is locked in a car, God forbid, uh, to smash the window of the car to, to release them. Well, you're smashing window of a car. So, of course, you should do that. No one would question that you need to smash a window of a car to save a life. But the question is, who pays for the damage of that smashed window? Does, does the person who saved the life have to pay the damages that they caused by saving that life? The Rambam, Maimonides says a fascinating thing. Technically, yes, they should have to pay. Because technically, a, a person is liable for any damage they cause, whether it was intentional or accidental. Whether it was justified or not, you're liable for your damage. So technically, you should have to pay. However, the sages suspended that obligation of paying for damages in the case of saving life. They said that even though technically you should have to pay for whatever damage you caused, you do not have to pay for it. And the reason is because if you would have to pay for it, you may hesitate. You may stop for a moment and consider, should I do this or should I not do this? Because I'm going to have to pay the damages. I'm going to have to bear the consequences of saving this person's life. And we do not want you to hesitate for even one second when it comes to saving life. So the sages, they, they suspended a monetary obligation of, of damages in order to encourage people to save lives. So you shouldn't stop, you shouldn't hesitate, you should actually do it. Um, and I believe that's the, what the words here of the Rosh mean. 
that that the chol hazariz harizem shubach that the more urgently you act in saving a life, the better it is. And therefore, if we would make this person um, have to pay, if if you have to pay the medical bills for somebody who you're helping out, then you might stop and think, well, is it is it worth it? Do I, should I do that? Uh, I, I, can I pay this? Maybe I can't. And and it may make you hesitate. Another interesting example of this is that uh, people who work for Hatzalah or other emergency services. So we know that they are permitted to drive on Shabbat or, or on festivals when otherwise it's forbidden to drive in order to save a life. So they, they respond to phone calls and, and they drive because they're emergency services. They're saving lives and that's completely permissible. Um, so to uh, protective services, uh, security services, the army in Israel, anyone who is, who, is, who is saving lives and protecting lives, there is leniencies where they're allowed to do things that otherwise are not permissible. So what's interesting is if, let's say, a, a person from Hatzalah got a call to take somebody to the hospital in an emergency, so of course they respond on Shabbos and they drive them to the hospital. But can the Hatzalah person drive home? Can, can, they, can they leave? Can they, can they get drive home? There's no emergency now. Now, now they're just going back to their family, back home. Are they, is, 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 are they allowed to do that? The answer is yes, they are. Because if they wouldn't be allowed, then they also may hesitate. Is this really an emergency that I have to take the person to hospital? Because if I'm going to have to walk home or stay at the hospital for the rest of Shabbat, they may hesitate in taking the call or, or taking that person. And because we do not want a person to hesitate in the case of, of saving lives, so we allow them to drive home afterwards because that will encourage them to drive to the hospital in the first place. So we see the Jewish law recognizes the, the, the importance and the, the centrality of saving lives, and therefore other laws are lessened or weakened, bar- barriers are taken away in order to allow the person to, to do that job. This, by the way, is in contrast to civil law. Uh, we know that in, in, in many societies like ours, people are hesitant to intervene when seeing somebody else in danger, particularly a stranger, uh, because of the risk that it might bring to themselves. Um, if you give uh, CPR or you know, uh, and, and press somebody's uh, stomach to try and get them to, to breathe again and break their ribs or break their jewelry or, or, or cause some damage, you could be sued for, for the damage you caused, uh, whether you helped them or not. That, that's, that is, is ignored in, in many cases of civil law because you, you, you've caused damage. If you, if you smash someone's car to save them or to save somebody else, you could actually be liable in civil law. And therefore, we see the horrible thing in, in many of our societies where people will walk by and see somebody suffering and just say, I'm not going to get involved because there's too much risk to myself. Jewish law d- does not look at it that way. Jewish law sees life as being paramount. And, and therefore, we encourage people to intervene. If somebody else is suffering, intervene. You will not be held accountable. You will not be at loss for that. You're doing a mitzvah, and that, that is the most important thing. We should, we should never uh, turn a blind eye, but we should help those in need. So therefore, back to our case, the, 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 friends, or the friend who took him to hospital and indeed left him with a bill of over a over thousand dollars that he has to pay for his ambulance trip and his night in hospital. However, it was for his good. There was certainly a, a possibility of a risk of life there. And so therefore the, the act was corrected. And there is no way we would obligate the friend to pay, but the drunken person himself will have to pay for his own mess. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thank you.